everyone. I'm Sandra Engerman. And I'm Renee Barabo. And we welcome you to the Shaman's Cave. This is a remarkable opportunity for us to gather together and to enter the Shaman's Cave together to dream a new world into being. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Shaman's Cave. I'm Sandra. And I'm Renee. And we're thrilled to have you here today. And today's topic, we're going to talk about our sacred tools. Yeah, what happened was um, uh, one of our uh, community members wrote in um, asking to speak about the topic of the ethics of using sacred tools. And I'm not exactly sure what he was meaning by ethics, but what I meant, uh, what I got of the meaning of ethics is um, number one, uh, making sure that we have tools where we know where the materials came from because so many uh, animals and creatures are being killed only because there's so much interest, there's such a resurgence and in interest in shamanism. And so people are, are going out and killing whatever animals to be able to make tools to make money with. And then, you know, using crystals, how are they being mined? And so for me, uh, when our community member brought up the issue of talking about the ethics of using sacred tools, I felt we should talk about, number one, being more conscious um, and being more proactive about um, materials and educating people in our community to how many animals are being killed only because shamanic practitioners want these tools. And how do we honor them? How do we feed our tools? I know Renee is so bonded with her wind whistle. How does she care for that? I want to show you some. Um, I collect a lot of drums and rattles, and I want to show you some ways that some were made uh, with honor and just talk a little bit more about that. So we want to welcome you into our show this week. It's, it's funny. When we talked that we were going to do this show, like, I ran around, cleaned out all my closets, pulled out all my tools, <laughs> and thought to myself, like, wow, you spring clean your house, but when is the last time you, you know, you opened up this drum or, or looked at, you know, your, your sacred chinupa or, and, you know, and I had, like, you know how you have a box that you store away your Christmas supplies? <laughs> and I'm saying this live, so that's all right. So if you're like me, you can you can know that, that, that sometimes it's good to do a little spring cleaning of your tools. I, I had a box for all my sacred things when I didn't know what to do with them anymore, that they weren't resonating. They all went into the sacred box. And there it sat for many years. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, um, I gave uh, uh, the last couple of years because... I've bought drums to support some of my students who make drums. And um, back in the old days, I needed drums for different climates because, you know, a drum head, it, when it gets too dry, it gets too 
tingy and a drum head that sounds too soft. You can't get the beat out of it. So I had drums from different climates. And I realized these were such precious tools and they were made with so much love and so much respect. And I couldn't use all of them. And I had settled on my one drum that, you know, I'll share a bit about too. But um, uh, I, so I started giving away to people, not just anybody, but to people who were really serious about their shamanic work and who couldn't afford um, a drum. And so I carefully placed um, my drums um, to a lot of people. And like Renee said, I try to, what I do is um, I, I do honoring ceremonies every equinox and solstice where I uh, either um, blow sage smoke on everything or I mostly, cause I use, I live in the desert and things that have moisture feel better. I use uh, organic rose water and I go around and I speak to, and I have a lot of sacred objects in my house. This takes me days to do. I speak to every object. I thank it for sharing its power, bringing grace and beauty into the house. And I spray it with some rose water in gratitude. And it's a lot of work. If shamans fed their, their tools, you know, the Uchi people in Siberia, you know, you had to feed um, your drum and your tools vodka every full moon or they wouldn't be allies for you. Um, so there's this understanding of reciprocity of treating our tools with honor and respect so that they are willing to bring forth their full power and work with you in partnership. And I, and I get that because as soon as we started to talk about that and, and all of a sudden I was taking a wind walk and I had given, I had a, a staff that, you know, kept a place at the fire at an Anipi. And when, when it was no longer, I didn't know what to do with it. I sent it to somebody who had an Anipi in another state and I'm walking and it's like, well, where's the staff? Like that. Okay. You just, you know, we're done and you gave it away, but do you know how it's doing? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I thought I gave it away. <laughs> and, and so like, it was this, it brought this awareness back to me about how, how I've taken things for granted like this in my life. And, and I'll be the first to say it. I have not been the best at keeping my tools. I have like, I have my one rattle. Whoops. It's kind of, can you see it? And, you know, look, it's kind of glued together and taped together. And, and it was like maybe the first one with the snake that I got in Peru and that I love. And it's still the rattle that I use to do healing with. Yeah. I always know where that is. Yeah, that's amazing. My, my rattle that I call the spirits in, in my workshops, I, I don't have it um, right out. It's all, um, it's all falling apart. The fabric is coming off and people say something to me and I go, no, you know, uh, this is shows its age. You know, it's kind of like how people want to 
uh, do cosmetics on everything. And my snake drum, which I mostly use now, and it's a Remo drum, and, you know, for people who really are hearing me about all the animals that are being killed um, in dishonoring ways, we call Remo drums vegetarian drums. Guide <laughs> um, to make this drum. But the spirit of this drum, I use this drum every single day for, I don't know, way over 10 years now. And so some people always remark on how the, the, the snake, um, I don't know if I can uh, show it on the webcam, but the snake is fading. And, and, but that's part of the beauty. That's part of becoming an elder. It's my elder drum, my elder rattle. And I'm an elder too. And we all look different over the years. And it's not trying to make everything look so cosmetically perfect you know what i mean um absolutely i i look at myself and i'm not cosmetically perfect anymore and it's really <laughs> driving me like is this okay am i like how do i live with this i um it's what was fine and kind of fascinating for me because sandra and i have never really worked together that way that we both have snakes on our drum yeah and my oldest drum is a, a um all one drum but I wanted to, that wasn't the one I wanted to share today because this is the one that stays another one of its things that stays can you see this oh actually the the uh, amazing job that zoom does I know really you can't see it, it huh? right? no uh -uh. Uh, well I'll, I'll put a picture in there of this yeah but that's my drum that I made with the Mapuche grandmothers in in Chile and uh, we we actually the the drum maker made it and inside their drum they put like the tail of a horse uh, like a horse hair you know like little things that rattle in there and stuff so it's got a great sound but what's what I love about this and you can't probably see this oh there you can is yeah. the is the that we crafted our our sticks together and the grandmother was insistent that that women and, and people don't sit in community and craft together anymore. And that's partly where the, the, the healing tools get their community wisdom mm. with the group coming together to share their, their wisdom with that. So uh, that was, that's always stayed with me about the importance of crafting and community. Yeah, yeah, that's really beautiful. And it's a way to bring the sacred into a crafts too. Yeah, I wanted to show a different drum. This is one of my very first drums. Whoops. And a student made this for me in Austria. And I don't know if um, people can see, but um, and all of his drums, he leaves the bullet hole in oh. where the deer was killed because a friend of his um, did all the hunting for the deer that went into the drums. And so the reason I wanted to show that bullet hole is because it was important to Robert who made this drum. I got it back in the 1980s. He made me a couple of drums is uh, to bring to consciousness that these animals did die. And so the bullet hole was really important um, uh, for people to understand that this 
being should be honored because it, it gave its life uh, for food and then its skin was used in a sacred way. And so it's, it, it, the point I think is one of the points, and I, I want to hear about how Renee takes care of her wind whistle, because mm -hmm. I know she's so bonded with her wind whistle, is we live in a world where consciousness hasn't, a lot of consciousness hasn't been thought about when we buy these tools and when we see people running around buying expensive drums and rattles and the more images that are on there or the more expensive it is, the more power it has. And I've seen some of the most powerful rattles um, on the Hopi reservation that were made out of Coke cans. And, you know, shamans choose what's available to them. And if you do buy a drum and you don't know the source of it, again, it's a way to speak about it. You know, how many feathers, think of the birds that were killed for feathers so that people could use them as sacred objects and so that they're, you know, used on drums and rattles. And, and so we can't always control, we wanna bring into consciousness, we wanna raise consciousness. And I talk about this in all my books, you know, when you buy a drum or rattle or feathers, just understand that an animal died for this and start to bring awareness into your community about how many animals are being killed for our sacred objects. And when we buy crystals and they're being mined and who are the people who have to mine them and what kinds of conditions and what's being done to the earth. And so here we have, so now we have all these objects. How do we transform the energy? Number one, we raise consciousness in our communities that practices have to change. And making your own drums and rattles is always the best way to go, but that is impossible for everybody. I'll, um, I'll actually post on the Shaman's Cave, I made two Japanese taiko drums, and they took me months and months and months to make. And um, it was an incredible endeavor that's filled with so much spirit because of how difficult it was um, to make these. But we want to talk about how to honor those objects that we already have that maybe weren't made under the best conditions and that the animals weren't treated in the best way um, when they were killed. Um, so how do we heal that and still use our, our sacred tools as allies but give them that honor and respect of uh, where the source of the materials came from and feed them with cornmeal and feed them with love and feed them with respect and honor. And that transforms, it creates a transformation and it starts to help you build a relationship with your sacred objects because your sacred objects are your greatest allies in doing your shamanic work. Very true. I, one of the things when I was um, creating the, the wind whistles and the wind cards, I wanted to know that everything that I was going to then put on the website was um, ethically sourced. So 
um, there's a, a group of women in uh, Ghana called Global Mamas who, who actually have a little card and they can tell you who made your pet bag. And now they're making it with organic fabric. And then the, the wind whistle, the, I saw a wind whistle in, in Mexico at the pyramids and I could tell it was made with a replica with plastic and, and stuff that I didn't like. I didn't like the energy and, and sure enough, a sound scientist came across who, who then, who found an ethical wind maker, a wind, a whistle maker for me, who's studying anthropology. And he, he wraps them in like purple paper before he sends them because he knows they're sacred tools. And the woman who assists me when we sell these, she doesn't unwrap them. You have to pick them from, you know, from the feeling of them because she doesn't want anyone else to touch your whistle. Wow. And, yeah, and then on, on YouTube, um, some of you know Darcy Deming. She's down in Arizona. We actually did a, a, a whistle naming ceremony that you can find on YouTube about how to name your tool. And that was really something great she brought to it. And in the Navajo have a tradition where when children, babies are, are, are born, they turn them to the wind in four directions and name them. And so my whistle's named. And so those are the ways. And then, it, and right before I got the new design, a friend of mine brought me, whoops, this whole, this whole hidden thing, brought me a pouch. And the new whistle fit perfectly in this pouch. And she brought it the day before. So talk about being aligned to spirit. So, you know, I, I don't keep them in the living room table when company are coming. I keep them, I keep them on an altar. And mm. now I'm going to have to run around and spring and clean all my tools after I just heard what you do with yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I just feel, I, I really believe that everything that exists is alive. And, and that's why crafting in community is so amazing. I, I've been a spinner. I spin um, fiber onto yarn on a spinning wheel. And I used to teach workshops with my spinning teacher and, and friend, Cappy. And to be in a room of 20 people where we'd all be spinning in energies, because the whole point of the workshop was how to spin through from the non-ordinary realms, um, the vibrations, just as we've been doing some shows on how you, you build a new reality with vibration, we were building a new reality with um, bringing in the beautiful vibrations from the non-ordinary worlds and making um, bracelets and things that we can hang up on trees and um, to bring a different vibration. And, you know, it's so important. Um, our, our tools are alive. And so, you know, I have all these beautiful things that people have given me at workshops from around the world, and I want to honor them for the spirit that they bring to my house. Because, I, I give away, I have to give away a lot of things, but the things I have, they bring spirit, they bring life, they bring energy into the sacred space. Because my house is a whole altar. Um, it's just how my husband and I live. Our house is an altar. And so we want to honor all the beings that are living here with us because they have an energy that they bring forth. 
And so however you do that, you know, it doesn't have to be with smoke or, or rose water, but some way of honoring those beings. And um, I wanted to share one more thing. Um, uh, back in the 1980s, uh, a man took a workshop um, with me and he, um, he was in the Vietnam War and he had terrible PTSD. And there was a song that, it was a circle song that we sung every day to the sun. And by singing to the sun every day and asking the sun to take his pain, he actually lost his PTSD. It was really amazing. And this rattle that comes from the Weechel Indians, this was his rattle that he sang to the sun every day to relieve his pain. And when the sun relieved his pain from me, he gifted me with this rattle, which has been an amazing gift. And the night that, um, that he gifted me this rattle, again, it was back in the 1980s, I had the most amazing dream where I was told, you have no idea of the healing power of a rattle itself. And so again, um, the message in that was, it's not that we're just using a rattle in our work, the rattle is a healing, a healer. It, it's alive. It has a spirit, and rattles are made to heal. They're made to call in spirit, but they're also made to heal. And so this is a healing ally, and my drums are allies. They're partners. I talk to them like people. I talk to them like friends. And um, now that I'm doing all this online stuff, my drum is in a place where I'm always falling over it. And, <laughs> and so I have, to, um, I have to keep apologizing to it. But they're living beings. Your crystals you're working with, your healing stones, your medicine wheels, your, your drums, your rattles, your wind whistles, they're all a living being how do you care for those living beings and how do you bring honor and respect into your connection knowing that your living beings might have been made uh, through ways that aren't completely ethical um, but we're part of are just part of a commercial industry well, it sounds like we have a whole other conversation on the ethics and the, the other things that we didn't even get to. Maybe maybe we could both rattle a little bit. And uh, if you want to sing the sun song, or and I'll rattle with my special rattle, and you can rattle with your special rattle, since we're out of time on this one. How, yeah. That would be a great way of... Does that yeah. sound fun? And so we just, Renee and I just want to plant a seed for you, and we can come back to this at a later time, <laughs> of, um, that uh, it's time to bring honor and respect back into all of our sacred objects that fill our altars, fill our sacred space, and are our partners in our shamanic work. So this song um, is, a, a, it's a, a uh, it comes from a, a northern tribe in California, and this is an English version of it, where you're actually asking the sun to come and take a pain from you 
and to perform a shamanic extraction on you to bring the pain to the cool waters down below. Mm. So there's four verses to the song, and each verse is sung four times, but Renee and I will sing it together, or I'll sing it, and if you want to join in with me, we'll just sing the song through once. And when if you do decide to sing the song, you want to sing it with gusto. You're asking the sun to take a pain from you. You don't want to wimp out when you sing the song. So it goes like this. Morning sun, morning sun, come my way, come my way. Come my way, come my way, take my pain, take my pain, take my pain, take my pain down below, down below, down below, down below, cool waters down below. Awesome. <laughs> all right that was great and we'll have to all go back and listen again and learn that song so we can all sing it with her next time yeah yeah and um if you do want to uh, sing the song um how i learned it was you would go morning sun morning sun come my way come my way four times come my way come my way take my pain take my pain four times Take my pain, take my pain, down below, down below, four times, down below, down below, cool waters, down below. In some cultures, extract, when you pull intrusions out, spiritual blockages out, some cultures put them in fire, some put them in water, some put them in earth, some put them in air. And uh, the Northern California Indians would bring them to the water because they had the oceans there, bring it to the cool waters down below where they're not dumping in a spiritual blockage, but the water is transmuting it to love and light that can be shared in the collective. So thanks everyone for joining us on this uh, special show on sacred objects and we will see you next time. See you everyone later. Have a awesome week. And oh, don't forget to join us over at shamanstv.com or at the Shaman's Cave on Facebook and we will see you really soon. And, uh, and remember to come over and maybe share a picture of your sacred objects too with, with Sandra's sacred objects. <laughs>